At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It is the 13th of July, 2021. The show happens each and every weekday from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. You know, I owe Kate a, uh, a intro. The multi-talented Kate, the Duchess of New Jersey. Best laugh in the world. An intro. She said, hey, I got this intro for you, and I never have used it, so I'm an idiot. Here you go. I'll, I will make it up to you, I promise. Here you go. Tony's here. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, it's Blind Tony. And you know what? If I'm not reading Braille or teaching in the office or walking into the ladies' restroom by accident, I'm usually listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast. Here's your host, Eric Zane. Thank you, Blind Tony. Thank you very much. And welcome to the Eric Zane Show podcast. It's a daily show where I describe news. I talk about news, nonsense, and my personal adventures each and every day of the work week. All right. So glad that you are here. Uh, get comfortable. Relax. Um, you know, whatever setting that you're enjoying the show in, whether it's at home or at work or whatever it may be, thank you for taking the time and being part of it. Okay. Let's get right to it. Uh, first of all, um, damn, I told myself I was set up for a horrible night of sleep. I made the mistake of uh, during the uh, day yesterday. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I might accidentally just fall into this bed. Sure enough, the next thing I know, I'm asleep. I'm like, oh, okay, um... And I usually don't do that because I don't wake up that early. You know, the only time that I would ever need a nap is when I would uh, get up at the oh horrible time to wake up when it's I was when it comes to the radio show, I would get up fairly late. Uh, Greg would get up remarkably early. And uh, he was steady Eddie when it comes to getting to work early and and. Uh, not me, man. I would sleep. Holy crap. I just could not muster the strength to uh, make it a habit to get up at a normal time to do a morning radio show. So uh, here now, I don't know, 6.30, 6.40, 6.50, not bad at all. Not bad at all when it comes to sleeping in. So after getting up and getting moving again, it's time to go get Daisy from the vet. I told myself, do not brew a cup of coffee at four in the afternoon. Why in the world would you do that? Did I not do it? No, I did it. And, uh, and then, okay, that's that. So then, uh, you know, trying to fall asleep, I'm wide-eyed. And then, anxiety attack. Yeah, I can't figure out why. Panic slash anxiety. 
And this time around, what the hell? Okay. Every single time I have a stupid anxiety attack, um, I saw one of you uh, post this. Size of, uh, size of the book I'm reading. It's a really thin book or a tiny book. And then it says uh, how I overanalyze it. And it shows a lady holding a huge, enormous book. That's me. That absolutely is me. And uh, nap, coffee too late in the day, and then worrying about renewing my license plate tabs. Yep. Uh, Now, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of cars in my name because everybody's car is in my name. So basically... Jim's car, Jackie's car, Madison's car, Diana's car, my car, and the camper are riding on expired plates right now. July 7th, they all expired. And I have not yet renewed them. And I forgot. And then I was some later then, but I go, oh my God, I forgot to renew the tab. Oh, this is terrible. Oh my God, this is so bad. Oh, my life is going to end. And I'm freaking out like an idiot over this. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. Now, truth be told, get that done today. They'll be here in a matter of days. No size of the problem, Eric. Size of the problem. But I, it was just, uh, it was causing me trouble. And then that, uh, that, that leads to like other issues that I'm worried about and just stupid shit. Get it inside of my own head. That's, uh, that's, that's one of the issues, man. I just can't, I just can't get out of my own way. Yesterday, it happened again. What? Well, I'll tell you what. Facebook fight, Facebook fight. You are wrong and I am right. You are a stupid prick. You can suck my big fat dick. This is another Facebook fight. Thank you, Stu. Now look. I have long tried to make jokes. They don't always land, but everything is intended to be silly and stupid and, uh, I guess, a roast. Everybody gets picked on. The audience that loves this show realizes that and uh, gives it right back. And has fun with it, and it's all tongue-in-cheek, and no big deal. Do I really feel that the people that jumped onto the carnival ride in Traverse City, do I really do I really feel that they are less human beings and dirt people? Well, yes, of course I do. They're at a fucking carnival. You see? You see how that works? It's a fucking joke. That's the point. It always has been the point for as long as I have done stuff and said and done anything. It has always been about trying to keep everybody off balance a little bit and have a little fun. That is, I have never, ever. um, I mean, if I sat here and just said, hey, everybody, let's sit around and be nice to each other. You wouldn't be here. 
You want to see me say something stupid. You want to see me freak out when Kenny does something dumb. That's why you're here. That's what it's all about. So um, everybody and their mother was so uh, enamored with the story about the stupid magic carpet ride at the dumbass carnival up north uh, in Traverse City, Michigan, uh, going haywire. And so, you know, and it really wasn't that big of a deal. It was rocking back and forth, and they had already cut the power, so the inertia was slowing down. It wasn't. It was not going to tip over. But then one guy decided, just to be sure, he wanted to try to counterbalance it and hang on to the other side of it. And uh, and then all the other hillbillies thought, oh man, that that's good. Let's go help out. So they did. They they rushed to help out. Great. I don't have a problem with any of those people. All right. No problem with anybody. It's a fucking joke. So. Uh, everybody was running with the story about, oh my God, look at these brave souls. Okay, awesome. Well, I put it on its ear and decided to uh, headline it the only way I know how, and that is with snark. And with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and a 14 word headline, um, I managed to have a high concentration of offensive words. Poverty Carney Ride at Michigan Hillbilly Convention goes bonkers. Dirt people rush to help. Now, I'm very proud of that because for the amount of words, 14 words, there is a lot of offensive material in there to sensitive souls who are assholes. So everybody in their mother, well, not everybody, uh, uh, plenty of people thought it was hilarious. Uh, but then you got these uh, noble keyboard warriors who just, oh, my God, they, I am a sinner. They rush to, uh, to attack, and it is just insane the level of frustration by people because of this. Melissa writes this. I have been a longtime fan. But for some reason, I am just now seeing his posts again. Yeah, you're a huge fan. He is totally trying at shock jock. Not sure I am a fan of this, but I hope it works out for him. Yeah, you don't hope for anything. And then I wrote, so you're a longtime fan, but you don't like me cracking jokes. Got it. You're no fan of anything except avoiding sensible meals. Now, I am not the type that likes, uh, when, when people do like this, uh, say something like this on my feed, I, I very, very rarely ignore. I, I feel an urge to lash out back when they lash out at me. And I think that's fine. I think that's fair game. I don't have uh, a problem with anybody doing that. And I guess my question is, what do you expect? What do you want somebody to do? Uh, here I am, and she isn't even that attacking. A lot of the other ones are. All I'm doing is making a joke, and everybody runs with it like, oh, shit, he's serious. He's an asshole. Oh, my God, what a dick. It's like, come on, people. It's a fucking roast. Everything's a joke. She wrote, no worries, and I can be disappointed you have gone more extreme. 
It is your choice what to say and my choice what to listen or pay attention. It's not that great at writing. Also, I don't offend easily, so do your best. I'm ready. A few to help you get a running start. Listen to this. She writes, I am overweight, low self-esteem, have a Google eye, (laughs) monster feet, and come from poverty. And I'm like, oh, you asshole. What are you doing? And I'm like, God, you make it tough. Oh, I love these two. This asshole, Jason writes, huh? Traverse City and Cherry Fest is definitely not a hillbilly convention. Yeah, no shit, asshole. It's a fucking joke. Unless the trash from Jenison. I don't live in Jenison, but everybody thinks I live in Jenison. I used to live in Jenison, so that's that. That's where they're going from. So, so this guy's calling all people who live in Jenison, Michigan, trash. Oh, all right, fine. So, so I'm the problem. All right, uh, trash from Jenison, Michigan is making their way up there because Grand Rapids is too depressing. You're better than that, Zane. Come on. Unbelievable. Patriot Nick gets involved. And, uh, you know, he's kind of like defending me. And then they, they like mix him up in it. And they're saying awful things about poor Nick. <laughs> uh, this one guy, Donald Watkins, writes, Have you listened to Zane lately? He is definitely not better than that. He's been dumpster diving for years. And the past year or so has taken a liking to living his career in a sewage pod. He seems to like it there. Unfortunately, because he used to actually be funny more often than not. And now all he has is degrading others and calling people names. You asshole. Are you telling me that uh, prior to... Whatever, I never degraded anybody and called people names. I would argue that that's all I've done. And now, all of a sudden, Donald Watkins is letting me have it. Okay. All right. Fine. Wow. What a thing. This same guy, Donald Watkins, right? I keep the faith that someday Zane might actually be funny again without resorting to Andrew Dice Clay type of humor. There's only a few people in the world that can make that type of humorous content, and it certainly isn't in Zane's wheelhouse. Name-calling and degrading others really isn't funny. Well, unless you're used to that type of trash humor (laughs) all right and then he proceeds to degrade patriot nick uh and then i wrote well look you don't know anything about nick or myself he obviously doesn't uh he continues eric zane You mean exactly like you know nothing about the people you bully, degrade, belittle, and call names. Can you believe this guy? Come on. 
you can do better than that tasteless humor. Or at least you were able to just a couple of years ago. Maybe your creativity and imagination is gone. So you have to resort to shock jock shtick. Dude, that was a clever line. I thought that was an excellent line. Are you kidding me? In 14 words, you know how much mileage I got out of this? Poverty Carney ride at Michigan Hillbilly Convention goes bonkers. Dirt people rush to help. That is fucking gold. Oh, my God. I see that Debbie Smith showed up again. She's the fat whore who caused half of my trouble during the, uh, uh, when I referred to the hot dog eating idiot as a skank. I said, please get your brothers or whomever to swing their purses at me again. By the way, there's plenty of people that loved the uh, comments. The, um, the, the headline, it went, it went over wonderfully. The loud, obnoxious handful of people that do not like it uh, are, I, I'm just highlighting them because it's more fun to uh, highlight the negative people bashing me than the ones that are, I don't want to sit there and say, look how many people love my comment. I mean, that's not really my thing. I, I much more like to sit there and talk about the people who don't like it. Ryan writes, dirt people, those people rushed to help any way they could. That's a low comment, but what else would you expect? Oh, I get it. So you laugh at certain jokes. Okay, no, wait a minute. That's not, I'm reading this out of order. Um, I wish this, this, uh, didn't really post in order. Knowing your history, it seems you haven't learned much. Oh, well, maybe one day. Nick writes, and here you are still trolling on Eric's page. Seems like you enjoy being triggered. And he writes, sorry, who are you? And I wrote, I don't think it really matters who he is. The point is that it's a joke, and here you are all fussy about it. And I wrote, take a hike, Corky. You want me to go anywhere, then delete or block me. It's not like your content is earth-shattering anyway. Maybe you'll be doing me a favor, keyboard warrior. I said, I'm not forcing you to stay here. You seem a little uptight. No, this is a partic- just this particular joke. I thought it was great what those people did. Yes, so did I, asshole. Again, it's a fucking joke. That's all. I don't know if it made a difference or not. It didn't, by the way. Uh, That thing was coming to a stop. But still, those people ran toward it to try and prevent something that could have been a tragedy. I commend that. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I don't have a problem with any of that. I wrote, oh, I get it. You laugh at certain jokes of mine, and then you take the high ground on other ones. Okay, cool. The people that give it back get it because I wrote dirt people, Mike Todd. So you were there then. And I wrote maybe. So fantastic. Um, then I hear through the grapevine that uh, all of this struck a nerve with um, Bill Simonson from the huge show. All right. This is how it went off on Bill's show. He uh, 
he read the comment and well later on in the day i hear uh my phone ringing i look and it's bill and i go okay i can't quite pick it up right now and i'm like what the hell could he want and i and i i thought to myself maybe he read it and he laughed or something like that but i had no idea but he actually took it to the air on bill's show and i have the audio from that check this out Moneyline monday there's in pre-credit and use that up i think it uh, was in traverse from that carnival ride up, I think it was in Traverse City. That looked like it was in a, it's full of people. And it looked like it was going to tip over and everybody rushed to help balance the thing. I was reading from the Eric Zane Show podcast and they had the video. <laughs> And his quote was, poverty, carny ride at Michigan Hillbilly Convention goes bonkers, dirt people rush to help. Oh, Zane. He just, he, every time Eric Zane, it seems like he's going to settle down and just be a good guy. just... He completely, he completely alienates a, a, a half his audience. It's amazing. On a serious note, that how about the people who came and balance that? Now I'm not going to jump on these rides at all. You know what I love about carnivals? They're food. I'm not lying. Food and cold beer or cold beverages. But if you're the Eric Zane Show podcast, you can't put as a headline over the video, Poverty Carney Ride at Michigan Hillbilly Convention goes bonkers. Dirt people rush to help. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to stereotype carnies, okay? I'm not going to do that. I applaud the people who just all rush there to balance it, to stop the damn ride and let the people get off before there was tragedy. And the reason we can laugh is that there was no tragedy. And I, I think Eric should retract his <laughs> paragraph that? above what an asshole. the video. Poverty carny ride at Michigan <laughs> Hillbilly Convention goes bonkers third people rush down <laughs> uh, 24-7 the podcast yes. are free at yes. the huge show yeah, whatever. now when I did talk to him the conversation consisted of just him saying the line over and over again and, 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 and <laughs> laughing his ass off he loved it and uh, so, you know, I just, I don't get people. I, I, I just don't understand how people get so bent out of shape over something as simple as that. I mean, wow, what a, I mean, I have, I have pissed off so many people in the last handful of days because 
I referred to as a disgusting anorexic crack whore who can eat 50 hot dogs in five minutes as a skank. All right. And uh, because of a bunch of hillbillies at a fair, uh, referring to them as dirt people, I have, oh my God, it's like I said some horrible racist shit or something like that. Wow. Man, that is, uh, that is really something. Really, really something. Um, Sarah says, new t-shirt design. Listeners are dirt people. Dirt people may have to manifest in some point, uh, at some point on a, uh, on a t-shirt. Chris K., who I'm still looking for a reason why you missed my party that you were supposed to be at, adds, uh... Great writing, Eric. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Truth be told, um, I have a thing on my uh, website. When you when you put a headline in, by the way, Michelle writes, I got three days in Facebook jail for agreeing with you. Well, what did you write there? You had to have written something specific. I have to be very careful now what I put on Facebook because... If, if it's too um, aggressive, I will be in trouble. They are looking at me now because after I referred to um, hot dog bitch as an anorexic uh, crack whore, that one got me in trouble. And, it, and again, it all stems from uh, written words. If you write it on Facebook, you're dead meat. Chris says, I think they're more offended of you calling the Cherry Festival a hillbilly convention. I don't I think they were upset by a lot of things. Poverty Carney Ride. Michigan Hillbilly Convention and Dirt People. So that means of the 14 words, poverty, carney, hillbilly. Dirt people. One, two, three, four, five of the 14 words. That's a high concentration of offensiveness. If of 14 words, more than a third of them are inflammatory, this is what you get. That is a quality, quality headline. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm uh, proud of the uh, stir that it caused. And I will do it again. All right. So I've got a little bit of a weird scenario today on the um, on the live stream. I have to really kind of hunt around to get your to get to your comments, and I love interacting with you. So it's gotten me a little bit off my game uh, as I'm looking at this. There's a spot that it kind of, uh, they all show up, you know, aggregated from Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And it just, uh, it, it's like, it did like that ride. It went kablooey. So, uh, what I'm able to read is not necessarily everything. And it's bumming me out because uh, uh, that's the way I interact with you during the show. 
It's my go to the phones. That's what I was talking about with Ed Ryan on uh, when he was talking with me on Friday. There was a time when I could not look at those things. I just couldn't do it. It would throw me off of my game too much. But uh, somehow I've developed some spider sense to be able to uh, uh, absorb those while speaking at the same time. But today's a little bit jacked. I have a guest that's going to be joining me on the show today. And it is uh, uh, comes to us from the Who Are These Podcasts uh, coaching tree. You know how they say that on an NFL team? You know, like you got the Bill Walsh coaching tree. You got the Mike Holmgren coaching tree. Uh, who are these podcasts? Coaching tree. Talking about a gentleman who goes by the name of Soft Weekly. First name Soft, last name Weekly. Soft Weekly. I don't know. I have no idea where that comes from. That's what he's known as, Soft Weekly. From the podcast titled, Someone Needs to Say It. He's going to join me at uh, in about 28 minutes on this show. I like to bring people in from time to time to basically talk about things going on in the world. And uh, Soft was featured just this past week on Who Are These Podcasts? And um, on his show in particular, he had Carl from Who Are These Podcasts on uh, several shows ago. And they talked about your old pal, Eric Zane. I don't have that in front of me. It was uh, was before I actually made my first appearance on Who Are These Podcasts. But uh, Soft is a dude who's kind of like a uh, a big fan of radio in general. He grew up on the east side of the state. And uh, he reached out to me. After my first appearance on Who Are These Podcasts, and I've been wanting to uh, get him on, this is all. This is how it works in podcasting. The only way podcast audiences grow is by being on other podcasts. I've talked about this before. So um, keep in mind that his podcast exists. It's called Someone Needs to Say It. I will link it up in the show notes of this podcast. When he joins me, we're going to play... Uh, audio from another podcast where one of the hosts has one of the biggest meltdowns I have ever heard in my entire life. And I think he actually knows the guy who is involved in this. Oh, wow. He says um, it was a rage quit guy actually like freaked out and like walked off his show. He says, I know the guy, John, the Philly fanatic. And I cannot wait to play it for you and hear the explanation behind it. All right. So welcome into the Eric St. Joe podcast. So glad you guys are here. How to watch this show. First of all, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric St. Fan page. Brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. If you would, share it. Share it, please, and like it. On uh, Facebook, uh, of course, then uh, on Twitter, a Periscope video brought to you by Blue Frost IT. If you would, retweet it and uh, post a snarky comment. That would be awesome. And then YouTube. 
Follow the show on YouTube. Watch it as it happens live. Eric Zane Show on YouTube brought to you by My Policy Shop Insurance. MyPolicyShop.com. I'm on Instagram brought to you by the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Eric Zane Show on Instagram. And then email the show anytime. Eric at EricZaneShow.com with any hate email, any compliments, whatever you want, doesn't matter. Reach out, Eric at EricZaneShow.com. In fact, in fact, I just got an email uh, from Candy Crush Linda. Hi, Eric. Possible email of the day. Maybe for the Patreon, if this group could be a potential advertiser. No, it, it's not going to be a potential advertiser. I'm listening to the Lost Zane recordings. And Julius has just started with age management. If you don't know, I, I never understood the, the uh, name of this business. People go there and they try to lose weight. Why are you calling it age management? What if you're like 22 and you're fat as shit and you want to lose weight? You go to age management. I don't know. I think they could have named that place better. I'm curious about your opinion of the program. I have two friends who did it a few years ago, lost a bunch of weight, but then put it back on. And now they're both doing it again. Thanks to pandemic weight gain. It just seems weird to me to do something again. That's so expensive and didn't have great long-term results. Your thoughts. Thanks, Linda. P.S. Did Kim Carson keep her weight off long-term? All right, I'll start with that. As far as I know, yes. I saw Kim a few years ago, and she looked great. That's how she lost her weight. Okay? If you're the type of person that needs somebody to kind of spoon-feed you the program and cost you a lot of money, well, you know, if you commit to something like that, well, yeah, it's going to work. Let's get down to brass tacks here. Less calories consumed, more calories burned will result in weight loss. I can promise you that. I am of the belief that anything that has a huge price tag on it um, is not a great idea. To me... Um, it's money that you don't have to spend. But but if you're the type of person that can't do it unless somebody's holding your hand, maybe. But, I, you know, there is uh, if you can arm yourself with knowledge as to what to do, you can absolutely do this on your own. It's just a ma- it's just a matter of how committed you are. And sometimes you need that extra accountability. I would say out of all the things that age management is, is that tra- they they try to hold you accountable. But there's a lot of things in it that I don't, I don't believe is effective in any way. I think there's some shots they, that they give you or some shit like that. Like, here, here, take this shot. Like an actual shot they're giving you. Um, I don't believe in any of that. I think that's all fucking snake oil. It, just my opinion. Um, so, yeah, absolutely overpriced. Does it work? Well, if you commit to anything where you don't take in as many calories and you, you actually... Uh, um, burn more than you're taking in, yes, you will lose weight. That's how it goes. So I'm kind of old school. I'm kind of uh, do your own research. Spend a little time. 
Um, then eat appropriately, then get your exercise. I do recommend seeing a doctor if you're over age 40 before you start any exercise program. Other than that, don't eat as much and spend a little time walking and lifting weights. Maybe go running, something like that. So, no. I don't think that spending a ton of cash on anything. Now, uh, what that basically does is, hey, Zane, uh, so-and-so uh, 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 company wants to advertise on the show. No, nah, I can't do it. Sorry. That sucks. I don't want to commit to that. Can tell making making shit up here take some snake oil that's bullshit uh so i guess the long answer to that is yeah it i i guess it works but you don't you shouldn't be paying for it anybody that says hey you can uh, sign up here and spend all this money yeah i i i'm just don't eat as much uh study an appropriate diet and to me, an appropriate diet isn't too much of any one thing. A well-balanced diet. Just do the math. Read some labels. Get to the bottom of how many calories you're taking in. Make sure it's quality food. Make sure it isn't the garbage that I'm eating uh, right now. And, uh, and then do some exercise. Yesterday, um, another failure. Uh, you realize that Tim Kuyper... Tim and Zeke brought over a cake. And we didn't even touch it at the Zaniac party. So uh, I was starving last night. And did I do anything sensible to eat? No. Uh, Diana had a leftover steak. So I cut it into strips and threw it on the cast iron frying pan in a little bit of olive oil. And, uh, and then put that fake square orange cheese on. T- I made my own cheese steak. And two of them. And it was awesome. So I did that, murdered that. And then I saw that Diana's brother, the NFK, had, had purchased these frozen uh, uh, breakfast burritos. This is like 930 at night. With egg, cheese, and sausage. And then you heat them up in the microwave for two, two minutes. They're molten hot. I've already, like, I already ate the two little mini steak sandwiches. That should be enough. That's already bad enough. I get the damn burrito out, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great, and I, I can't control myself. I, I'm, I'm so ravished for some reason. Ravished, I just want to eat. I stick it in my mouth. It's super hot. Burns my tongue. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Let it cool, idiot. Eat that, and then I see the cake. It is untouched. We have not yet cut into the cake. pull it out and it is heavy it's actually has thud to it i cannot believe the weight of the cake i'm like my god what is in this thing so i cut it a very non-sensible piece it's probably four inches by four inches and um four inches thick so four inches wide is the piece by four inches wide so it's square and the and it's it's a cube. It, the, the the whole thing, the cake is in this huge pan, this gigantically deep pan. I scoop it out. It's got cake and pudding and some type of fruit thing. It is oh, it's multi layered and just so much thud to it. Oh. And then what do I do as soon as I get done with that? Go to bed. That's not a good thing. Oh, 
Mm-mm-mm. The struggle is is absolutely real. All right. Sarah says, those burritos are good as shit. Adam says, failure. Michelle says, eating the NFK's food, shame on you. That's okay. It's all right. Um, so yesterday was the day that I picked up Daisy from the vet, and uh, I talked about this on the Patreon a little bit. But I have some uh, show and tell, and I'll link it up in the show notes of the podcast. You can check it out. But uh, the good news is the dog uh, was supposed to get two things happen. First of all, she had uh, um, the sedation was a concern because, you know, bulldog, seven-year-old dog, sometimes it gets wonky. She's fine. She uh, finished the surgery with flying colors, so so happy about that. But... uh, the whole thing is good because she had this big growth on her on her front right leg, and um, we were you know, it just showed up out of nowhere. So they're worried about what it was, and um, after getting uh, into the leg, you know, they had to do an incision, and it just kind of fell out. It was just like a big fatty, gross cyst. It just and it so they're ninety nine point nine 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 percent certain it is not anything to worry about. They you know they send it off to pathology. Okay, great. But the the even better news is they did not have to cut into her to remove these bladder stones. This vet, Dr. Letter Lettergerber got the bright idea to try to like uh, flush out the dog's bladder with so like with a catheter up her hoo-ha and she's still unconscious at the time and then it worked. And um the dog wow, um look at this. I've got they have the uh, stones that were in the dog's bladder and check this out this is what was inside of the dog's bladder these unbelievable stones now they're in a test tube right now but look at that are you kidding me uh, this was all in there inside of the dog, and this was causing massive infection from time to time because things sit in there and they get it mixed in with this sludge or grit. And uh, so that was uh, very, very good that they got that uh, removed. But look at that. Kind of gross, I know. But some of you are like, holy shit. Uh, so the dog is uh, is doing good. Very, very happy about that. That is a uh, wonderful team over there. At Animal Medical Center of Wyoming. I've been trying to get these people on the podcast forever. And uh, haven't been successful. Maybe if you reach out to them and take your dogs there and say, Hey, I heard about you. Eric Zane was bragging about you guys on the Eric Zane Show podcast. All right. Um, you're not going to believe this. I, have all, I already have to take a pee. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, Back in a minute, taking a pee, sit tight, and I'll be right back with you. Okay? Sound good?
Uh, when Soft gets in here, we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup, uh, the ancient trophy, of course, that the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have won again. By the way, uh, after they won that, that's like the third time they've won it. They won it in 04, and then they've won it the last two years. Montreal fan is like, yeah, call us when you've won as many as we've won. And they've won like, uh, I don't know, 20-something Stanley Cups. It was a, There was a period of time way back in the day when they were just dominant. But they haven't won one since the early 1990s. You don't have, you can't say shit. I mean, you're not, no one's talking about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they've been, they haven't done shit forever. So, and they, and they got their asses handed to them, uh, in the finals by Tampa. Tampa is a dynasty. In my opinion, they're probably going to win it again next year. So shut the fuck up. Well, these stupid idiots were, uh, uh, partying with the cup and they, uh, destroyed it they well it, it's go, it's actually the funny thing is they're saying yeah finally the cup goes to montreal because the cup is going it has to go up to montreal to get repaired you know the bowl it's like massively dented not it's like misshapen it's like flat it's like someone fell on it so they have to repair it now i've seen the type of damage of what hockey players can do with championship trophies, it's worth telling the story again. Um, also a very famous trophy, not nearly as known, but um, very, very old. The Calder Cup was awarded to the Grand Rapids Griffins in 2017. I was there when they won that game. That was still one of the... I will never forget that. Oh, um, the players left the bench early before the uh, horn had even sounded. Like six seconds left, Evgeny Svechnikov flies over the boards and goes skating by the linesman. Immediately during gameplay, the Griffins have like 14 men on the ice. Technically, the ref should have blown the whistle, and uh, there should have been a power play with a face-off in the Griffin zone. They didn't blow the whistle, though. And uh, everybody followed Svechnikov, Tyler Bertuzzi, Joey Hicketts, all those dumbasses go out there skating. Win the Calder Cup. was awesome. That night, they destroyed the cup. Um, the bowl part was flat, similar to what happened to the Stanley Cup. And it was also... Um, tilted massively and uh the next day we went we went we went over to coach todd nelson's house and was just kind of hanging out and then they all all the players show up and they're hung over and they they have the cup with them and they set it down and i remember looking at him like oh my god what the fuck happened to this thing what did you guys do if you look down at the bull look like stewie griffin's head I mean, it was oval i took a picture of it and posted it and by like the end of the hour uh, Randy Cleves from the Griffins says, take that down. The league saw that. They're pissed. And um, uh, we uh, we got to get to the bottom of this. 
the thing was so badly damaged it was retired they 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 could they had to make a new cup and so now they say um if the player damages it, they have to pay for it. And these are American Hockey League players. These aren't National Hockey League players, so they don't, they don't make any money. So they're like, okay, you better be careful with that damn thing. Okay, we're going to talk about that with um, with Soft in a bit here. Hey, I would love you to have some merch. Eric at EricSaintShow.com. That's where you go. Uh, click on merch. Check out the T-shirt designs. I would love you to have one. They're, uh, they're affordably priced, but I, I hate the fact that the uh, company that um, – makes them really bend you over for the shipping so i apologize for that if you want a shirt they're there if not that's cool too the open and the live stream of the show brought to you by the mario flores lakeshore team of van dyke mortgage 231-332-6505 the mario flores lakeshore team of van dyke mortgage if you are in the market for a mortgage please reach out to mario 231-332-6505 uh, getting people mortgages in every state with the exception of Maine, South Carolina, Hawaii, and Alaska. You're thinking, Zane, I can't get a mortgage, man. My credit's in the dumper. Uh, let him figure that out. He can possibly help you, okay? And if your credit is fantastic, that's okay, too. He can. That'll be a very easy, painless process for you. Uh, I recommend this. Just call him up and get to know him. Uh, see what he thinks about the mortgage process, talk to him, and then you decide. That's all I ask is that you reach out to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. While I'm at it, uh, Prince Arming, if you want to carry your pistol concealed in the great state of Michigan, uh, consider Prince Arming. Classes in West Michigan happen every month, and the next uh, classes are set up over two Tuesdays. All right. Tuesday, July 27th at 5.30 p.m. And then the following week, Tuesday, August 3rd. CCW CPL class, two Tuesdays, 5.30 p.m. is when they start. If you want in, it's going to cost you 125 bucks. You get done with the class. You take your uh, certification that you passed and you will pass to your uh, county, and then fill out the application for the pistol license. Uh, they'll fingerprint you. They'll take a mug shot. Not a mug shot. A, uh, they'll take a little picture for identification purposes. Definitely not a mug shot. And then they'll do a background check. Before you know it, your pistol license shows up in the mail. And then you carry that thing concealed. Thank you to Prince Arming, uh, helping people out with this class, be by a certified pistol instructor, the one and only Steve Prince. If you want more information, just click on the Prince Arming logo at ericsaintshow.com. Or if you want, you can just reach out to Steve anytime, 616-204-1705. All right. Hang on, need something to drink. One of those days. Okay. I still have tickets available. If you want to um, check out a comedy show coming up on Thursday night, uh, July 15th at Spectrum Lanes in Wyoming, Jordan Garnett live standup. If you want a four pack of tickets to see Jordan, all you have to do, it's coming up this Thursday. Send me an email, Eric at Eric 
Subject line comedy, subject line free tickets, whatever you want. You will get the free tickets. Thank you to Don, Big Dick Donnie over at Back Alley Comedy Club. Spectrum Lanes, that is uh, uh, another Back Alley Comedy Club location. Uh, just reach out to me and I'll set you up with free tickets. If you want to buy your tickets for any of the upcoming Back Alley Comedy Club shows, uh, definitely uh, click on the link in the show notes. Adam Burke and Aram, Aaron Putnam are going to be at Rockford Lanes on Friday. So that's cool. I'll have those boys on this show on Thursday at 9 a.m. Garnett is also going to be at Rockford Lanes on Saturday, July 17th. John Heffron and John Reap, Tuesday, August 24th. They're, in fact, they're going to be there all that week, uh, August 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. Um, in Muskegon, Rockford, Holland, and Howard City. Mitch Fatel, September 1st and 2nd, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at uh, Back Alley in Muskegon, Rockford, Wyoming, and Howard City. Ryan O'Flanagan, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, same deal. Muskegon, Grand Rapids, Billy's Lounge in Grand Rapids. That'll be great. And then uh, Spectrum Lanes and Howard City Lanes. And then uh, Billy Wayne Davis, Craig Shoemaker, Logan Gunselman, upcoming shows, Tommy Davidson, Jonathan Martin and Shane Smith, all at Back Alley Comedy Club. The new face of comedy in West Michigan is Back Alley Comedy Club. Very cool. All right. I got a couple minutes. I'm just waiting on uh, uh, Soft Weekly here. He's going to be joining me in just a second. Um, as soon as you get on, I'll put you on here, Soft. Cannot wait to play the audio for you of that unbelievable rage walk-off that happened on this podcast. We'll be getting into that, and I'll introduce you to him. There's been a rage walk-off on this show. Do you, I think uh, that was before I started uh, getting Before I got back on my medicine, there was more than one rage walk-off. I, I rage walked on, um, I think I was pissed off at Kenny about something. And then I rage walked because Amanda did, did something. That was when I was out uh, in Los Angeles for the kidney transplant, the kidney donation. Those aren't my best moments. I'm not happy about that. I don't think I would ever let that happen again. But you never know. All right. couple other things going on that I want to get to. Uh, there's a local story about a guy who... Oh, this is just ridiculous. This guy, not far from here, is going to trial because, well, he was pissed off um, that his IRS stimulus check had not yet gotten to his house. So in an effort to try to find out what was going on, uh, most people would probably reach out to the IRS. But if you remember at the time, everything was screwed up because uh, the IRS was uh, uh, overrun with calls and people that were pissed off and, and wondering what was going on because of the pandemic. So this guy's trying to get to the bottom. Edward Thomas uh, Kelman, 66-year-old dude, 
He's trying to get to the bottom of where his stimulus check is. So instead of calling the IRS, he decides that he wants to reach out to the head of the Republican Party. And it's like, dude, how stupid are you? Uh, uh, I don't know how that's going to get your stimulus, stimulus check, uh, check to you sooner. But uh, he called the head of, the, of Michigan's Republican Party. Um, but the number he found online did not go to that office. It went to another state representative by the name of Lori Pahutsky. An aide answers the phone. Like some intern, some newbie, whatever. Uh, and this was at the office, the Livonia Democrats Lansing office. So um, she's got this pissed off guy roaring and raging at her about where his stimulus check is. And she says, well, you've called the wrong place. This is the office of um, Dem- uh, Democratic Representative Lori Pahutsky. And he says, oh, well, give me the number of the person I need to talk to. And she goes, well, I, I don't know. I don't know who you need to talk to. And um, so she didn't give him any phone number. What does this stupid bastard do? He says, what am I supposed to do? Come down there like the rest of these people and walk around with a shiny AR-15 to get an answer? Okay. So he's got this probably a 20-year-old girl on the phone. And all she knows is she got a pissed off old man yelling at her, looking for where his stimulus check is. And uh, he's saying, "What do we, you want me to come down with my gun? What do you expect's going to happen? And by the way, this is right after all of those stupid bastards uh, showed up at the state steps of the Michigan Capitol with their dumb fucking guns and their stupid don't tread on me flags. Okay? So... She's like, what the hell? She ends up calling the cops on the guy, which, I mean, I don't blame her. What would you do? So uh, the Granville man said he had no intention of going to Lansing and only mentioned an AR-15 because he'd noticed armed protesters had stormed the Capitol days earlier. Uh, we don't know what the aide reported uh, Kelman as saying because the lawmaker's office, as well as Michigan State Police, declined comment. All right. Um, The next day, I walk out of my house to take my dog for a walk, and I got U.S. Marshals up on my lawn coming out of cars and everything else, Kelman recalled. So he's going out to walk the dog, and all of a sudden he's got all these dudes that are saying, freeze, don't move. They asked if they could search my home. Dude says, I don't own a firearm. I don't even drive. I wasn't coming to Lansing to do it. I think they're making a mountain out of a molehill. Well, they don't know that, you stupid bastard. How are they to know? Probably not a good idea when you're talking to a a lawmaker and you're angry looking for your stupid stimulus check. A day or two after all that shit goes down to say, what do you want me to do? Show up with my gun? That's a bad move. Um. Kelman's call at a Pahutsky's office was not recorded, but court documents said he admitted to state police that he made the statement in question, but told investigators he never intended to follow through. Uh, A law law professor um, told the news station that federal courts have ruled that it's not a, if it's, that it's not a defendant's intention that 
determines criminal responsibility, but what the targeted victim believes. So she's sitting there going, oh, fuck, man. And she assumes he's crazy with a gun. So that's the problem. This comes up on social media a lot. People post things and then say, oh, I wasn't serious, explained Brendan Berry, a professor at Western Michigan University's Cooley Law School. Well, then you shouldn't have posted it because if the person you threatened thought it was serious and a reasonable person would think it was serious, you've just lost. Because they're saying, oh, this is First Amendment. He should be able to say what he wants. No. When you do that, you've lost your First Amendment protection regardless of what was in your mind subjectively at the time. We can't read your mind, asshole. Beery noted that while instilling fear in a target by threatening them is not protected speech, venting or blowing off steam is. So who knows? Maybe this guy will get away with it. Courts recognize the value in venting, even if it is ill-advised. People do have the right to express themselves and to vent their anger and frustration. What you don't, what you don't have the First Amendment right to do is cause somebody else the kind of angst and harm that comes along with being threatened. So if this chick hangs up, she's like, holy shit, is this guy coming to me with a gun? You're in trouble. Uh, Beery said people often mistakenly believe that the right to free speech is absolute. It is not. The most famous case, yelling fire in a crowded theater. Uh, Kelman's trial is scheduled for Thursday in Granville District Court. It is a misdemeanor charge, so probably nothing too uh, egregious is going to happen to this guy. But that's it. Wow. What a jackass. Um, all right. I don't know. I, I'm hoping uh, that uh, um, the tech issues that I'm having on the restream are not screwing up my pal Corey. I knew fr- pal Corey is supposed to join me on the show. But uh, I do not see him here. So this is what I'd like to do. Uh, I'm actually going to um, shut this one down and then come back and finish the show. This won't uh, affect the audio podcast in any way, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shut this down and kind of reset the whole damn thing because it's screwing with my mind and I want to make sure that he's not in limbo or anything like that. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to end this one right now and then uh, come back with you, okay? So we will reconvene. Be looking for it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. All right? Stand by. And welcome back. My gosh. Yeah, um, it's a good thing that I uh, I got out of that because, uh, you know, this whole thing kind of puked on me. Best laid plans of mice and men. Um, so I'm going to get back to it in just a second. In fact, Soft Weekly is going to join me. Uh, he is uh, very graciously said, hey, let's get together and start working together. So I'm very, very happy to do that. I will introduce you to Soft. Podcast is titled Someone Needs to Say It. And he also does a UFC uh, mixed martial arts podcast. We're going to talk about all those things coming up in just a little bit. As always, uh, I always need people to contribute to the show. Doing a solo show, uh, you can be kind of like a contributor to the show at any time by sending me a... Uh, yes, it is working now. How are you doing, Kenny? Thank you. Uh, by uh, sending me a link of anything at all that you think is interesting that I might talk about. I don't use all of them. So please don't be butthurt if, if you send me something and I don't use it. It's just, ah, I can't really talk about that. But uh, I appreciate the help. Reach out, eric at ericsaintshow.com. Before we bring Soft in, I'd like to mention my friends over at My Policy Shop Insurance. I can't stress enough how great this is. Frank Jude Fuss is the man behind it. He is an independent insurance agent, okay, a broker, if you will. And uh, there's uh, several groups of people that can benefit from this. 
I benefit from it because I get my insurance on the marketplace, okay? Uh, So-called Obamacare. It's not a great idea to do, to do this by yourself. You should. You need to have an expert help you navigate that. What policy do I get? Does it jive with my current setup? Is it going to be the right thing for my family? Is, is my doctor going to accept that insurance? Those are all questions that you don't need to be concerned with. He can help you with all of that. And the best part about this, it doesn't cost you a dime. This service, which I utilize, Frank Jude Fuss at My Policy Shop Insurance, makes this absolutely easy and painless and he doesn't get paid by you the consumer he gets paid by the insurance companies who they love having a guy like that uh, on their team because he's making that so that their insurance policies are, are are actually being consumed by uh you the consumer consumed by you the consumer that's right reach out to frank at 616-914-4070 uh, works with anybody who is getting insurance in the marketplace if uh, medicare is in your future you're approaching age 65 or someone in your household who is a loved one, whatever. Uh, before that happens, bang on the door of my friends at My Policy Shop Insurance to make sure that all of your ducks are in a row. He is an expert on Medicare. If you're going into that alone for that key critical moment, oh, God, don't do that. Let Frank Jude Fuss help you. MyPolicyShop.com, 616-914-4070. Uh, mypolicyshop.com is where you can get more information as well. As we welcome in for the first time to the show, please welcome Soft Weekly. Soft, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great this morning. How are you doing, Eric? Never better. Someone needs to say it podcast. Uh, tell me a little bit about your podcast, Soft. Um, well, sometimes it's, it's kind of silly and, uh, Sometimes we pull off some pretty good interviews. You know, uh, we had Meltdown from Riff on there, which I was really proud of. He's a nice guy, and uh, I think he's he's the longest-running DJ in Detroit, especially yeah. at the same station. You know, we've had Carl from WATP on there. And like I said, sometimes we, we just do some silly hanging out with the friends stuff, and those, those kind of shows are, are more for our little group where you got to know the people involved, but I've been trying to move away from that more so I can bring in more people, you know? Yeah. And uh, by the way, as you, as we sit here and get to know each other and talk on the podcast and I introduce you to the audience, um, uh, you're, you're going to see comments and they're, they're, they're going to try to screw everything up. They've done, this is their thing. So these are, these are my live audience members. Kenny has a question. Someone needs to say it. What, what the, uh, why the fuck is he called soft? Explain that please. Well, soft take jokes and, you know, get offended too easy or whatever. And I called it soft weekly. And then I, I went on Twitter with that. And that Twitter account eventually got banned for making fun of soft people. But so it's just kind of stuck and become like a branding thing. I think I also put my name up there to soft weekly, Corey, I, you know, I don't hide my name, but I've always since uh, I've had whatever internet presence I have, I've been soft weekly. Nice mic, by the way. That's an ex. I think that's a, a RE. What is it? RE three twenty. Oh yeah, that's that's not cheap, man. No, no. That's <laughs> one of, when I started doing this, one of the things that was important is um, audio quality for me. I think shows become unlistenable if you know if the quality's not there. Even if the content's good, if the audio quality is not there, it's not good. 
You're absolutely right. Uh, you're in Michigan as well. Um, you grew up on the east side, isn't that isn't isn't that what you said? Um, I grew up in my time there, and in like the new center area of Detroit for like 12 years, and now I'm outside of Lapeer. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So uh, y- you were featured on Who Are These Podcasts, which is of course something that's near and dear to me, and. Uh, Talk a little bit how you got involved with that show because you were just featured on the most recent episode of Who Are These Podcasts. There was a a couple of years back, he used to cover a guy called Jerry Banfield. And what Jerry Banfield, he did financial help and personal motivation and those type of things podcasts. But the guy was incredibly in debt and he didn't seem to tightly wound himself. So me and a group of my buddies, one who's in your comments right now, Boomer Bob's in there, we were kind of following the guy. And uh, then he had this offer for $100, you could uh, get a motivational call from him. Well, I kind of flipped the script on him. I paid the $100, and then I had me and four of my buddies all go on the call at once and kind of interview him. And I sent that call to Carl. And he played some clips on back then and had me on the show. So that was how I got to be friends with him. And then this recent week was the first time I found a show that he agreed with me was unlistenable and need to be talked about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The what, 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 what show did you guys review again on the most recent episode? What was that? It's called disgusting Hawk. It's uh, features Jessica, Jessica Curson. She's a New York comedian and it's on the Gas Digital Network, which is a huge podcasting network. And that's yes, one of the things that amazed me is that that show could get on that network. I know it. Carl's had the guy who runs that thing on his show. Yes, Ralph Sutton. Yes. Right. And so I, I often wonder, because Carl says stuff like he was, he was saying, he was talking about Ralph. He's like, come on, Ralph, get it together and shit like that. I wonder if that guy ever hears those things. Because Carl says stuff like uh, all the stuff about Chad Zumach. You know, after, I mean, it's one thing if I beat the shit out of Chad Zumach, but then Carl beats the shit out of him too. And it doesn't, and Zumach doesn't get pissed off at him. Uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe Carl has more of a reputation that he's kind of hard to go after because he'll, he'll come right back. You know, it's one of those situations where uh, he's not afraid to keep going. So I think, and, and he's made some big podcasting friends too, that all seem to like his show, you know? So he has a little bit of a, more backing than smaller, you know, more independent guys would. Um, what about the fact that he is, uh, he, I mean, he, when it comes to podcasting, uh, most people who are successful at it have something in their background that makes um, them, people interested in them in the first place, like Rogan, uh, stand-up comedy, Fear Factor, um, UFC. So that, you know, for him to start a podcast, he's kind of known, well, he's known years ago when he first starts doing it. So he has that as kind of like helping him spread the word. And and most other people who have successful podcasts, they uh, they they don't start from nothing. Mark Marin, obviously successful career. And, and, and the list goes on and on. Carl is a dude in anywhere USA created something from nothing that's pretty rare to have that type of thing happen yes um i think uh he didn't necessarily have the bashfulness or whatever because he's been uh performing live music for like 35 years so he's not afraid to get up on stage 
And he is a huge um, just radio head, listens to radio shows from all over the spectrum. He, he enjoys the medium. So I think he's had just tons and tons of years uh, recognizing what a good broadcast is and what a bad one is, you know. But, yeah, he, he started it from nothing. He didn't have any kind of broadcasting background at all. Uh, you don't do you listen to radio at all now? Um, no, very rarely. Did you used to? Yes, I did. So, uh, what, what, what was, uh, the type of show that you listened to before you kind of left it? Um, I used to listen to a lot of talk. Um, obviously I listened to Drew and Mike in the morning. That was my favorite show. Um, but because of where I lived, um, you were the big show in my market. And I used to listen to you back then when I, and I don't mean this badly, but when I couldn't get Drew and Mike's signal in, I would listen to you guys. You know, 101.5 was a big station here. When um, Dominsky and Doyle was on 97.1, I don't know if you remember those guys. I do. I do. In fact, I, I know them. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed their show a whole bunch. I really did. We had the same agent. In fact, I remember I had to call uh, Bill and say, hey, I got bad news, man. Novak just passed. Have you ever heard Drew and Mike talk about Novak? Yes. Yes. That was that was our guy. Uh, uh, everybody had Novak. Novak was the best um, in the business when it comes to representation. And then he passed away suddenly a number of years ago. So it was. Uh, I think that was the beginning of the end for me in radio when Novak died. Because every time I would get in the weeds, he would take care of everything he would just smooth it over and then when he died i had nobody who could help me and then that was it you know i was kind of outnumbered uh what did you think of our show free and hot wings here and you can be totally honest i i don't have a problem with anything no i i enjoyed it i thought it was a um a little more and i don't well it's a little more morning zoo ish mm -hmm. than drew and mike but it wasn't the over-the-top ridiculous stuff i thought um I thought you guys uh, did a good job covering a little bit more local stuff. A lot of the zoo shows just get those prep sheets, you know, from the service, and then yeah. they just they just go over the wacky stories. But you guys had some local content, and that's what I liked about Drew and Mike too. Is they, you know, they would find wacky stuff that happened in Rochester Hills instead of you know what right. went on in Salt Lake City or something like that. But I, I did enjoy your show. Just like I said, it it wasn't my first go to. Have you uh, have you listened to Dave and Chuck the Freak? Yes, I I I do not like them. I'm sorry. I don't like it either. I don't like it at all. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is everybody? How in the fuck did they even replace Drew and Mike in the first place? I don't get it. I I just don't get it. What the fuck were they thinking by getting rid of Drew and Mike and replacing them with that show? I think I think that really just came down to dollars. That's you think? really, yeah. Drew and Mike were making a nice chunk of change at that time. I think in, uh, yeah. in 2008 or so they signed like a, a, a multi-million dollar deal, you know, I mean, they were, and I think, you know, radio was going the way that, uh, they couldn't afford to pay their talent that much anymore. What do you think is going to happen to radio? I'm, I, I, you know, people have been predicting its demise for years and years and years. And, um, I mean, is this is this a thing? I mean, is is this realistic to think about? Um, I don't, I don't know if it'll have a demise. I think it'll always be there in some form, but what you get a lot now is, um, like we only have really one sports station in the town. We had two for a while, and they had a lot of syndicated content 
which I don't think works well for a sports station because you want to hear more talk about local teams. Um, you know, even Dave and Chuck the Freak now are syndicated in a couple of markets. So now when you listen to that show, um, you got to hear him talking to people in Boston and people in Florida, too. You know, I like my my local shows local. I think it'll always be around in some form, but the golden age of radio is definitely over. Um, when I started doing uh, Internet content like this, um, I did it because I had to. OK, and um I didn't even suspect that I would have a ability to, to earn money. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I maybe I do. I kind of just happened upon it on accident. And then, um, well, it's worked out. So um, others like, for example, if Freebird Hot Wings today or, da or Dave and Chuck today said um, we're not if they both if they both got fired, they're closer than they think to having everything they could possibly want. And I just don't know if they're willing to actually explore that because they're so used to uh, working at a radio station, getting their own insurance, uh, uh, you know, all those other things. It's remarkable what you can pull off if you just put a little uh, ingenuity behind it. It's not that big of a deal to take it nowadays from the radio to an online source. There's actually a hell of a lot more viability even in the past from now compared to when I started doing it just two and a half years ago. There's a lot of money to be made into. Like if, if Dave and Chuck or Freebear and Outwings decided to make it online only content, there's a million and one things they could do to make a lot of money, more than they're making right now. Because I can promise you, Dave and Chuck the Freak, Freebear and Outwings are making a lot less money now. Maybe not Dave and Chuck because they they constantly work their way up from uh, from radio station to radio station. But Freebird Outwings, I can promise you right now, they're not making nearly as much money than what they were making five years ago. Oh yeah, I, I would have to agree with that with a a hundred percent. Um, and like you said about um, maybe they realize they could do better on the internet, but. Like you said, also, they have to figure out their own insurance then. You got to pitch to your own advertisers. You know, there's there's a lot more things to keep the show going. I don't want to keep going back to them, but Drew and Mike, you know, they do five shows a week, and they get over 100,000 downloads for each one, and they've, uh -huh. they've, got, they've got good advertisers, and they're really doing quite well. I mean, they have more listeners than a lot of the morning shows in the radio market. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm very happy for them. I was very, a big very fan cool. of them. Yeah, I was a big fan of them. And just to see them be so successful, jumping into a new thing like like you did, you know, and have it really pay off. It's nice to see. Um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of work, but I, I again I um I it's all I could do. I mean, I didn't have a choice. And then when it kind of started to unfold, like, oh, hey, I think you can pull it off. It uh, it, it it was good. So I'm, I'm I'm glad to be able to do it. Um, all right. I want to talk a little bit about uh, you. You also have, in addition to uh, your, your podcast that we talked about just a few short minutes ago, someone needs to say it. You also do a mixed martial arts slash UFC uh, podcast. Is that right? Yes. Well, what it is, it's just UFC. Sometimes we'll talk about other uh, mixed martial arts. It's called Significant Strike Podcast, and it's a betting podcast. We go over the betting lines and pick fight winners, you know, or suggest fight winners. We put our picks in. We're part of a um, sports handicapping network. It's a small one. It's not huge, but it's called Spofi HQ. There's guys on there that do golf, hockey, football, all the sports. And me and my partner Val are the 
UFC guys for that network. Are you a degenerate gambler? Um, not a degenerate. I like to place a little money. My partner uh, spends a lot more money and time on it than I do. Uh, some people will recognize the name Crippled Jesus. He has a podcast. He's also, or CJ, who are these podcasts? Uh, he's got a unique sounding voice because he's stricken with, I think, cerebral palsy. Is that right? Yeah, cerebral palsy. And he's also uh, been on Someone Needs to Say It Too. Yes, I see that. He's all Now, he describes himself as a degenerate gambler. True or false? True. <laughs> True. He, uh, he goes and plays cards and stuff all the time. He is a degenerate gambler. Okay, good. We, the world needs more of them. Um, okay. Now, so you know a thing or two about UFC. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Conor McGregor and is it, is it Dustin Poirier? Is it Dustin? Yeah, Dustin Poirier. Yep. Okay. Now, I don't know shit about shit when it comes to this, but I was telling you yesterday, I like following the stories that surround it, but I can't fucking get up the strength to watch the fights because they're so GD brutal. I can't handle it. And thank God I didn't because Conor McGregor breaks his leg in half in that fight. Take me through what you thought when you saw that happen. Discussion: How it happened. Um, what I saw happen is there is a point where McGregor went to leg kick Dustin Poirier, and Dustin just got his leg up some to check it, and Connor kind of hit his foot on the knee, and that twisted it some. And you can see in the fight when he steps back from that, Poirier points at his leg, knowing you know knowing that it hurt him some. It wasn't broke yet; it might have been fractured or damaged or whatever, and then. Not long after that, he threw the high kick, and I think it caught Poirier on the elbow there, which is a very hard bone, and that's when it just snapped and went down. And when he stepped back, you could see it. It, it just folded over like oh. the letter L. You know? Oh, yeah. It was one of the, it's one of the worst things that you can possibly see when a bone breaks like that. And we've seen this before in other fights where uh, people will do that. And then, like you say, that the opponent will, will check it or something like that or hit a hard spot. My God, what a devastating injury that is. One of, one of the most ironic instances of that is uh, Anderson Silva broke his leg on Chris Chris Weidman leg kicking him. I mean, it wrapped right around it. And then three years later, Chris Weidman broke his leg the exact same way kicking someone else. I thought that was some oh. strange irony you would never expect to happen. He won a Holy fight by shit. that happening and lost a fight by that happening. Yeah. And so McGregor goes down and the fight is immediately over, but he continues, even though his leg is broken, he can. How about this? He continues the trash talk while his leg is in pieces. How about that? I thought it was incredible. What's even uh, more incredible is when he first went down, he was yelling at the referee, Dr. Stoppage, Dr. Stoppage. He didn't want it to be declared a TKO. He was more concerned about how his record would look than his leg, actually. <laughs> right. So he's calling Dr. Stoppage, Dr. Stoppage. And after they say that, that then he goes right into talking the smack to Dustin's wife. So in that, uh, I, I see that um, 
right afterwards, and I'll, I'll actually share this so that audience members can see what happened. I, I'd love to play the interview with Rogan, but I always get a YouTube ticket or a Facebook ticket when I do that sort of thing. Yeah, UFC but, is very protective of that. Yeah, so. but uh, you can see right here, Connor's laying down. There's Rogan talking to him. And uh, and then in the in the other side of the frame there, you see uh, Dustin Poirier's wife giving the finger to Conor McGregor when his leg is busted. McGregor was very bold and saying, I want to go finish this fight. Come on. Why is Dustin Poirier's wife so pissed off at Conor McGregor? Soft. Well, because leading up to this fight, there's a huge Twitter back and forth. Conor McGregor was saying, uh, uh, pretty explicit things. I know you run a pretty clean show, so I don't no, want to get no, into it. No, I, I say oh, shit and fuck all the time. Okay. Well, <laughs> she, he was saying things like, uh, your wife wants to be all up on my balls and nuts, and she's trying to slide into my DMs. I mean, he was talking pretty poorly about the man's wife, which would offend him, but also her as a person, you know, just kind of talking that shit to her. So she she had every right to flip him off. I think she had every right to laugh at him. Because he was being an asshole to her, and she's got nothing to do with it. She's not in the fight. She's just the man's wife. Can you explain to me, uh, well, he said that he had proof, and he might have. She may have tried to get into his DMs. Why is that? I mean, what if she was saying, hey, you did a good job last night? Does that necessarily mean when you slide into someone's DM that you want to have sex with them? No. Now, I'm your age, so I'm not as up on on the game as uh, the younger generation may be. But no, just because yeah. you want to. I mean, I'm in your DMs. I don't want yeah. to have sex with you. I was going to say, I, I sent you one. I didn't want to get in your asshole. Right. So. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was just a way to try and start some shit because McGregor used to win a lot of his fights before they even stepped into the octagon. He was very good at getting in people's heads, and I think that's what he was trying to do here. It just didn't work. Yeah, I, I think that he is great for actually um, – you know, having that type of atmosphere of like almost pro wrestling with all of uh, with all of this and how and how that actually, uh, you know, builds the anticipation for the fight. Right. Yeah. He's he's the guy that uh, I think brought that aspect to the sport before that there would be a little trash talking. But the guys were a lot more humble and respectful and they had the idea, even if one thought they would win. They both understood that the other guy is capable of knocking me out or kicking my ass too. And they were more humble and respectful. And then McGregor came in and yeah, he turned it into a WWE atmosphere and people saw how much money he was making for doing that. So now it's become the new thing in the sport. I love it. I think it's great. And uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Dana White is like, keep doing it. Yeah. We, oh. we need more of that. I mean, that, I mean, the, these people make more money when these things happen. That's a fact. Oh, yes. Um, big guys like McGregor and stuff and the champs, they'll get uh, points on the pay-per-view. So if you can talk up the fight and get more pay-per-views, that's more money in their pocket. And they, everyone saw it work for McGregor, so that's what they do now. All right. I want to skip the Stanley Cup thing. Uh, uh, I, I kind of already, already got into that. You saw that the uh, cup was damaged by the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, what I do want to get into is something that um, it was a, a rage quit on a podcast that was featured not long ago on Who Are These Podcasts. It's one of the greatest things I've ever heard. You got a pissed off dude 
uh, uh, pissed off about something on a podcast, frustrated with his uh, guys he's doing the show, and he has this tirade. Can you provide a little bit more background on this and uh, what you know about these people, Soft? Sure. Um, one of the guys is in your chat in here. One of the guys on the show, you'll hear him. That's Boomer Bob. He's the dude with the southern voice. He's from Alabama. Um, another guy is our friend Dave. He does the Man Brain podcast. He lives in Australia. John is the Philly fanatic. John has actually been on my show with Dave and Bob before. So there's times where we all get along fairly well, or at least there was up till this point. We, we all go at each other pretty hard and tease people about things. And it, the running joke with D John is he goes to Dunkin' Donuts every day, and he always says it's just for the coffee, but we always tease him about donuts, and he is, he's a little bit overweight. So, you know, those are the things we bust his balls about. And uh, they didn't – the rest of the guys on the show did not like the story he thought they should lead with on this day – and that's when the blow up occurs. Okay. Take a listen to what happened on this show. There might be a, a, of the week is a little bit. Sorry. There's just uh, like 10 seconds of Carl introducing it. And then yeah, it goes I'm sorry. On. Yeah. Uh, it, this is actually lifted off of who are these podcasts. You'll, he'll hear Carl. He featured this great, great uh, clip. But it came in from multiple people. Multiple people are sending this to me. In fact, even some notable people from the show. A note for, a note for the listeners. This was deemed the best article to talk about. Yeah, the I thought best. this was the worst. The article. best. So it's it's only downhill from here. That's not true because the next article is really good. You yeah, have talk to, about having some fucking optimism, Dave. You have to explain who no, no, decides just, that was the best article. I had not. All right, all right, you know what? You can all go fuck yourself. This is the last fucking rubbernecker, and I'm dead fucking serious. What are you Get talking about? Up, fucking boy, laugh it up. What? I've had enough of your fucking donut jokes and enough of your what? other fucking shit. One guy doesn't show up. It's a big fucking thing. We got a prayer, right? Donut, donut, donut. Fat, fat, fat. Meanwhile, you're over there sucking on a fucking cigarette and everything. I try to do nothing. You motherfucker, don't do a fucking thing. You sit there on your ass. You make a couple things up, and then all of a sudden that's it nobody does oh. nothing we sit in here we look like jerk offs jerk offs every fucking week i try to make it a better show and you know what this isn't even fun anymore and i'm fucking done with it rubber knackers is over you can do whatever the fuck you want with the rest of you fucking guys i don't care but i've had enough of this fucking shit fuck is all do something fucking better if you can you can't run the show he's sitting there well this is his first fucking topic's the worst fucking topic and so you already are setting this up what do you think i'm a fucking moron i know what the fuck you're doing you think this is the first fucking time i've ever done something like this yes you fucking assholes go fuck yourselves oh. every fucking last one of you i've had it I came in here. I was going to try to go through this thing, but if you're just going to sit here and try to make me the asshole out of this fucking show, go fuck yourself, <laughs> all of you. <laughs> yes. Fuck it. Okay. And then there's the part after that. Um, I think I clipped the audio off, but on the video you can see it. He throws his microphone against the wall, and <laughs> he was quite upset. Oh, okay. So you. You actually know this guy, and you've uh, have you spoken since you heard that happen to this dude who uh, the uh, uh, Philly fanatic? Yeah, is as a matter of fact, I spoke to him the next day, and uh, I didn't have time to get that clip together. I can send that to you for your own enjoyment. So me and my co-host on the Significant Cast, 
Why he okay. blew up like that. Yeah, but essentially it was it was Bob's fault. You'll see Bob's in the comments. He told me Bob was the main reason. And Bob doesn't <laughs> understand it. <laughs> so have Bob and Philly Fanatic worked this out or is this still a is this still real heat? Um, it's still real heat as far as I know. That same night, because Bob and Philly Fanatic did a show together called The Bullhorn. And okay. Bob Bob went on their Twitter and or John went on their Twitter and scrubbed Bob out of the photo and changed oh. the changed the bio for the name of the show and everything. Oh, holy and he, shit. He left the Discord servers and all that stuff. Oh no. Oh. What a what a if you see up there, Bob said he, he's disowned him. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, fucking A, man. Uh, now we got to get Bob on the show, on this show. I mean, Bob, what a thing. We got we, we to gotta get everybody back together, man. There is no room in the world for everybody to be this pissed off. What an overreaction. Holy shit. What a fucking crybaby. You know, I have found, I used to live uh, in that in that neck of the woods. That the, uh, you know, the tough talking Philadelphia Jersey guy, are, they're, they're all pussies, every single one of them. So, <laughs> you know, what a, what a fucking bitch. Holy shit. Yeah. And like I said, we all kind of go at, at everyone pretty hard, you know, each other when we're talking. So I was amazed. John, John's been known to get angry, but I was amazed he blew up like that. And it created one of the funniest bits ever. I think now oh. it's been on your show, WATP. I think it was on the who's right uh, podcast as well. You know, the whole world finds it completely entertaining. Absolutely legendary. And I will say this, you know, when a person gets enraged, the articulation that they have, I mean, he was just, he was, it was like a wonderful monologue. That wasn't, that was, a, that, that wasn't scripted or acted or anything. That was real fucking genuine rage flying out of that guy. Yeah. It was like a Shakespearean, you know, oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, Bob says, I liked John sad. He did a complete tour on other podcasts uh, shitting on me. Yeah, that Aww. was a John made it clear to me that it was Bob's fault. And I talked to everyone else on the show and they were all competing for who they thought done it. I think maybe people would say it was probably Dave. If you ask the, the people that were on the show, but John was completely pissed at Bob and Bob couldn't <laughs> figure out why. Uh, all right, soft. When's the next time we can check out your podcast? Uh, uh, we're of course talking about someone needs to say it. Someone needs to say it. I'll be recording a new one Friday night and it should be up Saturday or Sunday. And the significant strike podcast, we record every Wednesday the, usually there's an event every Saturday. So if there's an event on Saturday, we'll record one every Wednesday night before the event to try and get the betting lines out to the people. You don't want to do them too early in case the lines move, but we want to give you enough time to take our suggestions as well. So Wednesday nights and Friday nights. Uh, what's, uh, what's the most you've ever won in an event? Um, well, you know, which is, let's just say, you know, um, it, there was one time we bet one, what would come out to one unit and we won six. So we won six times what, what we bet, which, you know, it's pretty good. You got to go for the averages. You're not going to go big every, every week, you know, and sometimes you're going to go down, but our record overall has, has kept gaining money every episode. So we're, we're doing pretty good. What is uh what, 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 what do you mean by unit? 
uh, it's supposed to be like a, a percentage of your total bankroll to bet with. Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to just shoot your whole wad on one fight you feel good about, you know, and then then you've lost all your money. So that's the way they go about it. One unit, two units, you know, if you feel, if you feel good about a fight, you might bet three units, you know, but that's a small percentage of your total bankroll. We're gotcha. not the type of guys that got, you know, $10,000 to throw around on every fight. Hey, are you thinking about going to see Carl uh, at the end of August in oh, Lombard, I, Illinois? I already have my ticket. Okay. I got to get mine. I keep putting it off. So I'll yep, see you there. I, yeah, I'll see you there. I told Carl that there's going to be a nice Michigan contingent there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very, really, really good. Uh, Bob, by the way, in closing, he writes that he sent Philly Fanatic info on how to repair minor dings and walls from him throwing his mic arm in, into the wall. <laughs> and and, and Bob, Bob is a professional painter, so he is the one to give you the information on that. Does anybody, is the video like readily accessible? Like if I search for it right now, could I find it? Um, I think Dave has ownership of that. And I think it was just up on their Patreon, but I bet if I asked him, he'll let you see it. Dave is which one? Is he the Australian dude? Yes. He's the Australian guy. Cause Bob says that video is so much funnier. Well, shit, the audio was already funny. He says, you see him ranting and we're smiling the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask Dave about it. He might let you have a look at it. I think it went up on Patreon. Why does I, you know, I'm really uh, impressed with how much Philly fanatic is hanging on to this rage. You know, I mean, uh, he there if he's if it's just one isolated incident that he's being this uh, affected by it that he must be fucking crazy either that or he's been hating on uh bob for quite some time and then it just kind of came to a head you know well he, he he gets mad very easily like there's been times where uh I'm not a far lefty. I'm a little more liberal than him but I'll say something he don't like and then he'll uh, he'll go from uh, you know soft to you're a fucking communist you know, I mean, uh, he's he's that type of guy, but this is the most enduring hate he's ever shown. Wow. That guy needs to fucking check himself. Seriously. Holy shit. All right. Well, soft. I appreciate the time. I uh, in, enjoyed talking to you. I want you. I want you back on the show. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you very soon. Soft. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you, Eric. There Thanks. He goes. Yeah, man. Uh, soft weekly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, check out his show. It's a lot of fun. Someone needs to say it. You can find it wherever you download podcasts. And of course the significant strike podcast, uh, as well. Uh, boomer Bob says the lore of anger with John and this group goes back a couple of years. Wow. That was, but you all can go fuck yourselves. Oh my God. Absolutely phenomenal. All right. Moving on. uh, We need to get into the story about uh, rapper KTS Dre. First, Cornhole America. Get yourself a set of Cornhole boards at CornholeAmerica.com. CornholeAmerica.com. You can put whatever you want onto a set of customized Cornhole boards. These are the best cornhole boards money can buy. Yes, they are more expensive, but you will never need to buy another set of these ever again. Quality, quality materials uh, built to the standards of professional 
cornhole players. Yes, that is a thing. And you can put anything at all onto a set of cornhole boards. Get more information at cornholeamerica.com. When you buy them, I want to see what you got. I want to see your cornhole boards. Show me those things. And uh, I, I want to I wanna share it with the world. Uh, with the world. Cornholeamerica.com. While I'm at it, Bennett Flooring Installation, 616-318-0167. They are the pros when it comes to flooring installation. You go ahead and do the, uh, you know, the... Uh, Removal of the old stuff. Anybody can do that, even a jackass like me. Uh, remove the old stuff. But when it comes down to putting the flooring down, eh, it could be a little tricky. There's some uh, t- uh, tricks to the trade that you that you should know. And, you know, basically the expertise is something that you cannot mimic on your own. So you call up Jacob or Jason Bennett, 616-318-0167. If you're in West Michigan, they will visit you. They will measure the room. They will tell you exactly how much it's going to cost for the flooring that you've already purchased uh, to have installed. If you want, they can do the whole thing for you, rip it out, whatever you want. Uh, but that uh, one of the things that they hang their head on, pride themselves, is that y- you, can, you can save a ton of money. Uh, by doing most of the work yourself, and then the installation of the flooring, they take care of that. Reach out to them, 616-318-0167, or online at bennettflooringinstallation.com. Speaking of DIY work, J.M. Synthetics, Amsoil Products, distributed, I can't talk today, by the one and only Jason Mays. Okay, way this works you go to jmsynthetics.com pick out what products you want yes you can order them right there through the uh, website but the way that helps my man jason the most is by giving him a phone call and saying hey order me this this and this 616-747-0233 for jm synthetics online at jmsynthetics.com I, I feel like I've uh, got Novocaine in my frickin' tongue. <laughs> some water. Hang on. Hold that thought. Uh, Boomer Bob Show says there's a remix of The Rant. On the Man Brain Podcast YouTube channel where Dave put the rant to music. Oh. Adam says, any more records, uh, LPs with Amsoil purchases? Of course. Let me know what you buy, and I'll send you a record for my collection. It's right there over my shoulder. Actually, there's there's a lot more where that came from, but I'm using them to, like, uh, prop something up. I don't even use the damn records. I got all these records, and then I'm like, eh. I don't need the record player. Somebody gave me as a gift. I think I got it from uh, Jackie. And then I, I, I just don't use the damn thing. Terry says, I just got my lube in the mail for both cars from Jason Mays. Who's his cousin? Yes, I'll send you a record. Just uh, let me know that you bought the uh, bought the stupid shit and I'll send it. Sweet. I want that uh, Stay Hungry album by Twisted Sister, says Adam. I'll send it to you. You can have it. I'll, you buy the stuff, you show your proof of sale, send me a screenshot, I'll send you a record. Jason says, I bought three rounds of Amsoil products. I have zero LPs. You, I didn't know you wanted one. You want a record? You got to let me know, dummy. I'll send you a damn record. Jeez. 
You were just at my house. You got what you could have gone and picked one up. You could have chosen from the pile. What? All right. Adam says that his uh, lovely better half, Michelle, gave him uh, a uh, record player just like the one that I have. Did you notice that it doesn't even have AM on it? Okay, how about this? Rapper KTS Dre. I know you haven't heard of him either. I know I didn't. I didn't know who KTS Dre is. Now, none of you tip anybody off on the story here as to what's going on. But here's a picture of KTS Dre. See right here, he's got a uh, a target on his neck. That's important. Because he's dead. He was shot 64 times the day he was released from prison. Holy shit. KTS Dre. Shot 64 times Saturday night, right after he was released from the Cook County Jail in Chicago. They serve a mean pepper steak. That's a reference to the Blues Brothers. His real name is Landre Sylvester. He was 31. Local rapper. He was wearing a monitoring device on his ankle upon his release. According to the Chicago Tribune, it appeared to be an orchestrated attack. You think? At about 8.50 p.m., KTS Dre and a 60-year-old woman, probably his great-great-great-grandmother, were walking when two people got out of a car and began filling him full of lead. How about this? His great-great-great-grandmother, who was with him, only got one bullet. That's some pretty good shooting. Sylvester was struck in the face and chest, taken to Mount Sinai Hospital. Why would you even bother? 64 times he was shot. The lady took one in the knee. She's fine. Another woman, some 30-year-old who happened to be walking in the area, suffered a bullet graze wound to the side of her face in the incident. Boy, these guys were on point. Uh, So 66 rounds, 64 hit the dude. No arrests have been made as of late Sunday. This idiot was jailed in April for a bail violation in connection with a felony gun case. He was due back in court. The end of this month, KTS reportedly stands for kill to survive. A phrase he also had tattooed on his uh, neck along with the target symbol. Rest in peace, KTS Dre. Holy shit, 64 times. What the hell? You know, I don't know what did he, if he snitched or did something horrible or whatever, but, uh, oh God, I... Uh, something tells me he wasn't rapping about wholesome things like Will Smith or some shit like that. 
Holy cow, 64 times shot on the way out of jail. Uh, Adam says 64 times. Yeah, that's personal. Jason Chafer says, is, is he okay? That does not work because I already said he was shot and killed. Wasn't correctly done. Kenny says it was correctly done, not correctly done. I had indicated his death already. Tyler says, did anyone hit the bullseye on the target tattoo? I used to be a rapper's grandmother until I took the bullet to the knee. Uh, Joey Williamson adds, I know a guy shot 30 times by the police. What? Holy shit. Kenny says, at the time of the content, I had at the time of the comment, I had not said he has died. So we might have a correct usage of that joke. All right, perhaps. Still, those 64 times, you can still live if you're shot 64 times. It has to be the, the, the type of injury like decapitated. Like there's no question, no question that the person is dead. You can survive if you're shot 64 times, I think. I mean, maybe, right? All right, it kind of works. I'll give you half credit on that. Um, all right. So in the country of India, thunderstorm was rolling in. A bunch of idiots were at the top of a 12th century fort uh, getting selfies as the storm was approaching. Okay. Dozens of people are there hanging out. Oh, this is perfect for a selfie, man. It's going to be great. The storm's rolling in. We're on top of this uh, gigantic, uh, whatever this is, this ancient old building. And uh, it's it's a great tourist attraction. It's called the Ammer Fort. Uh, and, yeah, let's, let's wait until the lightning hits, and then we'll take a selfie, try to capture lightning behind us. Not a good idea to be atop a uh, gigantic open structure as uh, uh, bolts of lightning are striking down from an intense thunderstorm. Well, the next thing you know, one of those bolts, <coughs> excuse me, hits the group of people. 18 dead instantly as... Uh, Asgard sent one down for Thor. Wow. Instantly dead. Because of that uh, storm, by Monday morning, lightning had killed at least 38 people across two Indian states over the previous 24 hours. Yeah, probably not a good idea to be hanging out atop of a giant tourist attraction as uh, bolts of lightning are dropping out of the sky. I hate to say it serves you right, but it's hard not to. Sometimes you don't, you, you should avoid the excellent selfie. Was it worth it? Lightning strikes are common during... See, the, this isn't something that's uncommon. Everybody knew this was coming. Uh, this is India's monsoon season, which runs from uh, June to September. Uh, more than 2,900 people were killed by lightning in India in 2019. 
So this isn't like something new. The queen of the forest, man. Holy shit. If there's a thunderstorm coming, she is no, I mean, even if it's remotely close. Holy crap. And if I'm outside, she's worried. It's uh, We at one point, um, we were canoeing down the Asable River years ago in aluminum canoes with bolts flying down everywhere. And she was freaking out. Oh, my God, was it terrible. Holy shit. So that many people dead. Lightning strike in India kills 18 people taking selfies at the top of a 12th century tower. Unbelievable. I'm going to need nominations for asshole of the day as we wind this show up. Send them along on the live stream, and then we will decide who it's going to be. Brought to you by JM Synthetics and TC Paintball. Try not to forget that if you have any uh, trouble with your AC unit, call upon A&E Heating and Cooling, or if you need a new unit installed, 616-516-8579. Quit suffering through the heat for crying out loud. 616-516-8579. Call or text aeheatingcooling.net. If you need to retrofit the home also with a uh, with a new air conditioner, maybe your replacement one or, or your first, whatever, new construction, they do it all at A&E Heating and Cooling. Go ahead and get estimates from anybody else. Make sure that A&E Heating and Cooling is last in your estimates. And then compare. They will be lower in price. If not, share that information with uh, Joe Martinez and he'll make it happen. Please mention my name when you see him. A and E heating and cooling. And last but not least, my friends over at Blue Frost IT helping bring this show to you for quite some time. If there's anything at all you need concerning tech, call upon them for your workplace, for your home, whatever it may be. Managed IT service provider, Blue Frost IT. 616-285-50. Find them on, uh, online, bluefrostit.com. Uh, yesterday's show, Zeke's foster parents brought home the honor of asshole of the day brought to you by TC paintball and JM synthetics, uh, asshole of the day, the guy who carried out on his buddies on the podcast, not their fault. He likes Krispy Kreme. Um, let's see. Joey says, uh, unrelated, tomorrow can we talk about that racist Stephen A. Smith from ESPN? I don't think he's a racist. What the hell? What are you talking about? I'll have to uh, check on that story. I haven't heard of that one. Adam writes, I remember fishing on Lake Michigan. The lightning strikes a few miles out could be felt through the fishing poles. What? That's a thing? Looking back as to what uh, on what we talked about today, we had the Facebook fight again. How great was that? Good news for Daisy. Um, the idiot AK-47 rifle threat. The lightning strike that we just talked about. Soft Weekly joined us on the show from Someone Needs to Say It and Significant Strike Podcast. We talked about the Stanley Cup being dented. We talked about that happening to the Grand Rapids uh, Griffins. We had um, rapper KTS Dre. We had the audio from the huge show. Him reading my Facebook post about the dirt people. The ride at the uh, Traverse City Cherry Fair, whatever the fuck it was. 
All right, it's got to be that anger ball, the Philly fanatic. That stupid piece of shit for that stupid rage out he did. What an asshole. Uh, that is that is some awesome asshole behavior. In fact, this week's Cringe of the Week is a little bit longer, yeah. but it came in from multiple people. Multiple people are sending this to me. In fact, even some notable people from the show. A note for, a note for the listeners. This was deemed the best article to talk about. Yeah, the I thought best. this was the worst. The article. best. So it's it's only downhill from here. That's not true because the next article is really good. You have talk to... about having some fucking optimism, Dave. You have to explain who no, no, decides just... that was the best article. I had no... All right, all right. You know what? You can all go fuck yourself. This is the last fucking rubbernecker, and I'm dead fucking serious. What are you I'm talking about, up, fucking boy? Laugh it up. What? I've had enough of your fucking donut jokes and enough of your other fucking shit. One guy doesn't show up. It's a big fucking thing. We got a prayer, right? Donut, donut, donut. Fat, fat, fat. Meanwhile, you're over there sucking on a fucking cigarette and everything. I, I try to do nothing. You motherfucker, don't do a fucking thing. You sit there on your ass. You make a couple things up, and then all of a sudden that's it nobody does oh. nothing we sit in here we look like jerk offs jerk offs every fucking week i try to make it a better show and you know what this isn't even fun anymore and i'm fucking done with it oh. robert knackers is over oh, no. you can do whatever the fuck you want with the rest of you fucking guys i don't care but i've had enough of this fucking shit fuck is all do something fucking better if you can you can't Run the show. He's sitting there. Well, this is his first fucking topic. It's the worst fucking topic. And so you already are setting this up. What do you think? I'm a fucking moron? I know what the fuck you're doing. You think this is the first fucking time I've ever done something like this? You fucking assholes. <laughs> go fuck yourselves. Every fucking last one of you. I've had it. I came in here. I was going to try to go through this thing. But if you're going to sit here and try to make me the asshole out of this fucking show, go fuck yourselves. All of you. Oh, I like that he actually says, fuck yous. Fuck yous, guys. Fuck yous, guys. Oh, absolutely spectacular. All right, well, uh, Bob, welcome to the show, buddy. Glad you're here. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you could, if you're new, subscribe to the audio podcast. Excuse me. The Search Eric's Angel Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Fuck you, Zolls. If you subscribe to the audio podcast, that's a winner for your old pal, Eric. So thank you so much. Listen to your heart's content. Till next time, folks, I'll talk to you down the road. I've got Smarter Than a Former Drug Dealer Trivia coming up at 1030 Eastern Time with Dale. Uh, taking on Mary Jo from Utah. That happens in just a short while. Have a good one, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.